Welcome to Business is Good, the podcast all about what it means to be in business in the 21st century. Small and medium-sized businesses are the lifeblood of the UK economy, and globally they can and will have a huge impact on society, the economy and how we live our lives. From technology disruption to reworking a solution to solve the world's biggest problem, Business is Good is a podcast about what it takes to be successful and how every business defines that in different ways. Business is no longer just about being defined by what you do, but it's about giving back and redefining the problems and how we solve them in a way that works for you. I'm your host, Caroline Sumners, and I'll be giving you weekly inspirational stories from business owners who are building business and solving problems. Hi there, this is Caroline Sumners and welcome to another edition of the Business is Good podcast. Today I am talking to the wonderful Dee Woodward, who describes herself as a disobedient internet entrepreneur, but she is in fact a um, fantastic brand designer. Um, Dee and I first got to know each other a few years ago um, and have kept in touch ever since. And so when I was deciding that I was going to change the focus of this um, series of Business is Good to, to, to think a bit more about um, the sort of like uh, elements that you need to focus on when growing your business, Dee was, it was a natural that I would ask Dee to, um, to take part. Um, Dee and I had a great chat about all things um, branding uh, and why that is important for your business and why that is so much more than just what it, what your brand physically looks like, although obviously a big part. Um, so um, enjoy this episode. And um, yeah, this is Dee Woodward and myself talking all things growing a good business. Right, so here with Dee Wood- Woodward. Yeah. Woodward, yeah. Wood. <laughs> here with Dee Woodward, who is, um, frankly, a, a, just an awesome designer and brand expert. And she's going to tell us all about, we're going to talk all about branding, design, all the kind of cool, cool stuff that isn't actually um, probably as the traditional sort of I, I never think of you as being much of a traditionalist when it comes to sort of branding so maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong I don't know but we're going to talk about all things brand and branding and how you go out to market and position yourself in the business so welcome Dee. Welcome. Hey thank you and thank you for having me I'm excited. Oh no it's delightful so we literally we're recording but we've been chatting for 15 minutes <laughs> before we've even started recording and we could have actually just recorded all of that <laughs> because we're going to just have to repeat ourselves now. It was my fault. I wasn't very organised. So, Dee, tell me about your business, what you do, who for, why, you know, all of that stuff. What's what's it all about? Wow. Um, as you correctly said, I am a designer and a kind of brand strategist, um, which I always like to struggle maybe around the word brand strategy because that means such a wide and varied thing to so yeah. many people. Now, my roots really come from graphic design background because, you know, I am a trained graphic designer, so I've gone through all of that. But what I noticed really on in my kind of career, very much at university, uh, when my lecturers actually told me that, um, that I was focusing too much on the commercial aspect of design rather than making design into art. And I was a bit like... What? about I mean I don't want to be I'm not doing fine art here I want to be a designer and I want to understand commercial value of design so I've always really intrinsically had this 
kind of visceral feeling when it comes to design and branding that it's all about what it can do for your business. Um, it's not just about looking good, but you can look good and attract the right people and create a massive change in the world and communicate the way you want to. Very much liken it to that phrase of um, have your cake and eat it, but I kind of like the have your cake, you can eat it and own the bakery as well. That's my kind of... I love that. Oh my God, <laughs> so good. I'm going to use I'm going to quote that on my Instagram later. D Woodward. Yeah, <laughs> that's my favorite thing because why not? You can have it all. Yeah. So yeah, it's um, that's where my kind of passion for what I do comes from. It's really helping small business owners. I'm very much in the kind of online space because that's where and how I run my business. Um, I do a lot of kind of work with experts who are launching their own kind of expertise into the world. So they're taking all of the work that they do with their kind of one-to-one customers. They've kind of tried and tested all of that. And they want to now launch that in an online kind of one-to-many, that elusive, perfect one-to-many model. That the elusive um, the elusive passive income oh, yeah. is just nonsense because Which nothing's passive be about anything. About <laughs> 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 it's like, and there's people that are on that path, that journey and wanting to, uh, they've really honed their skills and now they're ready to really launch their brand because that's where my program is called Brand and Launch because it's, you know, getting that platform ready for you to really get yourself out there and be seen. And uh, in the kind of phrasing that I'm using at the moment is if you want to be seen in the world, then let's create something really worth looking at. That's kind yeah. of what I'm about here. And that doesn't just mean your visuals. It's all about your brand style, your language, the way you communicate, the way you kind of create the connection with your customers visually because we instinctively make decisions about people from what we see we were just talking before obviously this is not going to be useful now it's audio rather than video but where I'm sat at the moment in my kitchen there's so many little elements around here that show and play to personality traits of me and my brand and when you see that you get such a deeper connection to who I am compared to if you're when you're just listening or when you're compared to just reading there's something so valuable in using the visuals in your brand and that's what I'm passionate about helping kind of small business owners that are launching in the online space really start to use to captivate and entertain and engage their customers yeah yeah that's a really long answer did I answer no, no. I, I think it's totally true and I can't even remember how we got to know each other I know you did some we did some work together but I can't remember oh I know Bushra it was Bushra you were doing some work for Bushra weren't you I did when Bushra really started um kind of when he first catapulted onto the scene going back a few years ago now I was uh, doing and helping her with all of her kind of brand language and creating all of her um visual designs and when I love working with my one-to-one clients is I'm not just about creating the designs and keeping them myself I create them in a template format so that people can then take them away and go on and use them yeah which has actually been brilliant because I have got that template format and um it's just it's just amazing because you do get that consistency and actually even if you don't go with I think what I love about it is it just gives you those really solid strong ideas and Mm -hmm. yes you do can change the colors yes you can do different things but it's got it really well set out clear so easy and I love the fact that you made it so accessible because you delivered it mostly in google sheets right yeah yeah that's one of my favorite which I was like what (laughs) it wasn't like this whole thing about you got to have photoshop you got to do this and to me that was a bit of a like a revelation because it was like my god a designer who's delivering her product in google sheets that's just I mean, it's unheard of. <laughs> and it's that's part of what my ethos, uh, ethos, ethos about what um, I do is making design really accessible to everybody. And part yeah. of that is not 
allowing sometimes designers and I've come across designers where they feel quite like this is my work and I've created these designs for your business, but it's not your work anymore. It's mine. And I'm so the opposite of that. I'm helping you to create something for your business and your brand, but actually I'm more just the guide for getting your ideas out into a visual way. So when I work with people one-to-one, I'm really just there to ask the kind of questions. And I, the way my brain works is it translates everything that you talk about your business into a visual sense. But it's my job to help you see that. It's not telling you what you need. It's helping you see what you already know and what is already in existence in your brand. Because you already have a brand, whether you kind of focus on it or not. It's already there. It's inside you. It's all your values. It's all of those beliefs that you have. And it's just translating that into the visual form, which I love to really help my clients do. And then it's yours. You own it. I don't own it. Um, I always find that weird with kind of photography rights and stuff as well. It's like the design rights, I pass the rights of my designs over to my client. And as soon as obviously they've paid for it, you know, you can't just run off with free stuff. Of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I know that that is that has always been a, a, a strange one for me. But um, yeah, to have access to your designs and your brand and be able to edit things quickly. Because if you want to put a post out at whatever time you've been hit by inspiration to talk about something and you need a graphic to really reinforce that message, you should be able to have the tools available to you to be able to do that yourself or be able to get your your VA or personal assistant or whoever is on your team to quickly do it for you rather than have to wait for whatever designer you worked with to get back to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, and I was, I was saying to, to Dee earlier how much I love her emails because they have such a distinctive style to them. Um, <laughs> and, you know, even if, even if you didn't know, even, even if you didn't see, Hey, it's D at the beginning, which it always says, Hey, it's okay. <laughs> and you took all of that out. You would know if you've, if you've read, you know, you've been receiving these emails for a while, you would know it was her because the style is so, um, so, um, consistent, which is what you're all about. Right. So what always, I, I always sort of admire is that vis- you're a designer and it's visually, but you kind of like a, in words, you're doing the same thing as well. It's very clear who you are and what you're about. And that, I guess, is the challenge that most people have. They can't kind of connect the two between visually and then the words they say and things like that. Do you think that that's the main challenge for people? It can be. And where I find that most people stumble when it comes to that as a challenge is because they're not really allowing themselves to be who they want to be in the brand, that they are perhaps trying to write in a way that we were talking before about unlearning the styles of writing that you were kind of taught that you have to write an email in a way. Or, you know, sometimes, because I used to struggle with writing my emails and that until I really just got to the point where I realized that my brand is, as we said, very much like having a cup of coffee and a chat over the kitchen table so that's my brand style which is exactly what my tone of voice should be um and that's really i talk about the kind of three v's in your brand which is your your visual your verbal and the visceral feeling that you create those are the Mm. three you focus on in your brand and they should all reflect the same kind of core values which your core values is just a fancy way of really saying what your kind of personality is because your brand is based on a personality no matter whether you are the face of your brand or not so you could be a huge corporation you could be a very small one person business but people buy from people and it's that kind of no like trust factor but actually no like trust isn't uh, just that anymore you've got to have the want and the need as well for your products and stuff. yeah 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 um, but it's creating that by knowing and feeling like you're having a conversation with a person especially the more and more we 
kind of business transactions move online, there's a disconnect between having kind of human interaction. But we love human interaction. We are by nature this kind of tribe of people that want to connect with people. So putting more you in your brand whether your brand is you and you're the face of it, that's kind of easy because you do just get to say whatever you would say, however you want to say it. It's kind of that. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you're building a business, perhaps that you don't want to be the face of because you want to be able to go on and sell it or you're creating a larger corporation, um, you still got to think about creating that personality for the brand. And that comes from none of these kind of made up avatars or anything like that. It really first place to come from is from you. Because if you create something that's based on your own personality, you know that you're going to be creating something that won't really outgrow you. You'll know how to tweak and change it as your business grows because it will be on the same kind of growth path as you are. Um, And I always kind of liken things like that when you look at kind of big companies. If you think of like Virgin, then Virgin has its own personality. It's a massive company, but it's still the kind of built on the personality of Richard Branson to start with isn't yeah. It? yeah 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 you, you kind of when you think about him and you think about Virgin you think about those kind of quirky aspects and stuff and the personality you can see it matches that person but it's now a huge obviously massive scale business but it's still based on that kind of personality brand personality which came from the brand owner to start with yeah okay no I think that's great so so um how long ago did you start your business? What, what's the story kind of like behind it? Why did you kind of like think, oh, I'm going to enter this crazy world of, you know, not going and sitting in an office every day like everyone else does? Uh, what happened? What, what led well, you down I'm this path? It's my 10th business anniversary this year. Is it? 10 years in business. I know. You wouldn't think it to look at me. I look far, no. far too young. Far too young. <laughs> but what got me here? Do you know what? I'd love to say it was some sort of well-planned, thought-out, like... <laughs> strategic decision and it was all calm and graceful but it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't now um, I'd, I'd been doing a kind of the odd freelancing job on and off since I left university really um and I went on to be a kind of brand manager within a company um but then the last company that I ended up working for let's just say it wasn't a good working environment the uh, man that ran it kind of basically well he did actually every day pretty much tell me that I was lucky to have a job and it was just a horrible experience um so it really took though it was the same year as it's our 10th wedding anniversary this year as well right seems to be the year I did things and we went to Thailand to get married just the two of us and we just went off on our own and having that kind of I think it was like two to three week break just gave me the perspective I needed to think, you know, I'm worth so much more than this. And I had this belief inside me that I could do business better. I honestly yeah. just thought I could do it better. And I needed that break away from my working role because I was in a comfortable, well-paid job. It was a difficult thing. We just got married. I just bought a house. I didn't really have any savings. So I wasn't in a great place to kind of go and just decide to hot foot it on my own and <laughs> do things. But you know, when is anything ever a good, good decision? Yeah. It turned out to be the best thing I ever did. So we came back from getting married. I went in to calmly resign. That didn't quite go as I expected. Um, but... There we go. I left and I set up on my own and it's just been a snowball effect since then of finding my way, making things up as I go and seeing how I get on, just being true to me and knowing and trusting that I am good at what I do and I bring value. 
Absolutely. So did you immediately, I'm obviously 10 years ago, that was the kind of the early days of the sort of like this whole kind of like online Mm -hmm. entrepreneur, if you like, did you initially go down the route of the traditional kind of like freelance going out, networking, getting, getting jobs that way? Oh yes. Actually kind of like drifted into the other stuff or was it purposefully, I'm going to be a pioneer or whatever? Well, I didn't know what I was doing at all, to be honest. No idea. No, I had no experience in running a business, no clue how to run a business. Didn't, absolutely no idea. I um, just kind of sat down with my computer and thought, right, okay, let's figure out how to do this. I did have a couple of freelance jobs that I'd been working with before. So they continued. So I did have a little bit of money trickling in. So I just built up um, doing continued work with them. But do you know what? It wasn't actually really the work I was most passionate about because it was much kind of artworking stuff, but it was great. It helped me kind of uh, set up and start. And yeah, I did start going off to those networking meetings, which send a shudder down my spine because the idea of having to stand up and do that introduction and then knowing that basically everybody else there was really just there to try and pitch to you it just they always felt awkward and I didn't like it but I didn't know where else to go and where to start and actually I made some really good connections um, at some of those networking style events and there was one that really set me up for the rest of my kind of online career, I suppose, online in-person career. And that was the Entrepreneur Circle. I don't know if you've heard about them. Um, they're still going now. Um, I made some really great contacts there, people who are still really good friends now. Um, and we've all been on this kind of business journey together. And it's such a varied group of um, friends doing different things. Um, and it's just learning from everybody's experiences, kind of getting involved, having conversations, seeing where people yeah. are going well, things that aren't going well. Um, and that was really what kind of catapulted everything in the beginning. I went into the online kind of uh, delivery of um, helping people create uh, their own online kind of courses and content. And I started creating my own digital online uh, courses after I did B-School back in... When All I- right, yeah. Yeah, B school, which I never actually completed, but shh, don't tell anyone. Well, isn't there some startling statistic? Like, I don't know, it's like 80% of people that buy online courses never complete them. Most people don't complete them. And I don't think that's a problem. And I don't really think it's a problem because I have bought pretty much every single course available. <laughs> um, I'm quite an easy sell, it seems. Uh, <laughs> I do tend to- oh, no, you say that. But isn't that, isn't, I think, see, I think I am. I think, <laughs> oh, yeah, I need that. But to me, you know, like, you know, I feel like we should both know better. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. People are so good with their branding, their positioning, how they're talking to us, that we're like, just like going for it. And you think, oh yeah, I, I need that. But I, do not, I don't even think sometimes I need it, but I, I want it. It's you go, because you love it and you get so kind of bought into it. And actually most of these things I've never completed. Um, any, I don't think I've ever completed any course. I don't think I've ever completed reading um, any business book. I start them and I get a little <laughs> bit of what I need from it in that moment. Yeah. And I'm done and that's fine. And I can pick it back up another time. Uh, And that's, yeah. So I think I got through the first two modules of B-School and then I was like, yes, okay, this is what I'm doing. And I went on and I created my very first digital product, which was called the dark side of design. I love that product. It was great. You can't buy it anymore. It was my first one, but I loved it. (laughs) I've never actually, I've never done B-School and I didn't know of the dark side of design either. So I must have found you a few years later. Yeah, uh, it was. I think um, you kind of, the Bushra era in my life would have met each other was just before I had my first um, baby so that's going back three he's now three so four-ish years ago right um, I was doing that so that's kind of I was halfway through um, developing what you were doing and I'd really set that's why I went into the online kind of digital 
um, delivery of stuff because I knew I wanted to start a family at some point, but I was so wanted to create this business then that could support itself whilst I took a couple of years off to do that. And uh, now I've got what two-year-old and a three-year-old. So um, I'm coming back into the world of working longer. It's very quiet. Are they somewhere else today? They are. They're at nursery today. This is a work <laughs> <laughs> They are not here. <laughs> I, was like, I know when we spoke, you said I, 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 Thursdays and, and whatever day are best because I guessed it was because the, the children were... were well, that's like, I only work um, Tuesday and Thursdays. So this year I've now worked four days on a Tuesday and Thursday. Um, so I get a full working day, uh, which I was very excited when I came back to work in January. I was like, yes, I got to work a full day. I haven't worked a full day for years because I was running my business for the last two, three years on just an eight hour work week. Wow. So <laughs> that's amazing to me because you you seem to be so consistent with what you're doing that you must be so organized um so is that is that is that how it are you is that how it seems like that but it is everything as it seems I don't know I'm quite an organized person I think that's what maybe a bit of a um an unusual creative because I'm is it left brain or right brain by my right brain creative or left brain creative whichever way around it is so yeah I'm, I don't I'm know strategic and organized and I'm also creative which is a bit of an odd blend um, yeah. so that's why I love kind of using google sheets for spreadsheets and stuff and I also love google slides and things because I love the um the structured ease of those kind of things and yeah. that's really using those kind of tools is what's helped me to be able to be consistent in my brand um and only work traditionally an eight hour week uh, for the last couple of traditionally that doesn't make sense but I've, I've worked about an eight hour week for the last couple of years because yeah, I've had brilliant. these tools which have made things much easier for me um obviously I'm quite good at design so doing graphics is quite an easy thing for me and I can do that pretty quick I can knock yeah. up the google slides app on your phone so I've got my templates in there whilst I'm waiting for a cup of coffee to brew I can create a graphic to go out on my Instagram within like the space of time, the time it takes to make a cup of coffee. So it's, yeah, the simple things like that, that these tools have really allowed me to make my kind of showing up consistently an easier thing and committing to, um, sending out a regular email was one of my big things a couple of years back. And I just found the time that worked for me to be able to do that. So before the kids would wake up, um, just using a notes app on my phone, I'd quickly in the darkness write, you know, whatever thoughts I had for that week yeah. and then put the notes. So that kind of content creation was done on a day that wasn't technically a work day. And then when I sat down at my computer for one of my four hour work sessions, I had that content there ready to go to put into the email system and get it out. Yeah, that sounds that's Find those kind of little strategies that work for you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now you said about the entrepreneur circle and finding people that you can talk to I have to say that that's been one of the key things for me because the first kind of year or so of my business I worked at home and didn't really go to networking because contrary to probably what people think I actually don't like networking (laughs) Um, but I don't know anyone that does no no everyone you speak to they go oh my god I hate it I hate it and so it's like why do so many people go I don't know anyway so I didn't I didn't go for ages and I, I I think I was going a bit slowly a bit mad because I would literally go around to the co-op around the corner just to talk to the shop assistants and stuff like that I mean it was it was insane um and that's and it was only- go to the networking things because we actually do crave crave communication with people yeah so you do these things but as I like the entrepreneur circle because it wasn't like a networking event it was uh yeah. events for learning so everyone went there to go and learn something about marketing or think business and things like yeah. that 
And obviously the networking happened because you would just have nice natural conversations. It's more natural, isn't it? You're having conversation <laughs> with um, with people in a in a less pressured kind of environment. So, I mean, I was going to ask you sort of like what advice you had for someone sort of like starting out. And for me, mine was is always find people that you um, that you like that you can talk to that are kind of like your community as early as you can and I wondered what yours was yeah I would agree definitely because you do need people to kind of bounce ideas around and when you are working on your own most of the time with me just on and my cats it was in the very early days <laughs> and yeah, mine's, mine's Rufus, Rufus my dog but he yeah. literally pays no attention he's yeah. asleep now yeah <laughs> they're great to kind of bounce ideas off of but they're not much going, kind of good for advice they don't they don't no. <laughs> Exactly, um, <laughs> and you do need that as we're saying you need that kind of human interaction even if it's just kind of talking about other things but you're if you're with some a group of people who are at a similar level to you that have got similar kind of interests and goals when it comes to business your conversations just spark ideas without that you don't even know what are going to happen you don't go there with a kind of question which is why I like kind of just finding groups that are there to um, go and learn something or if you go into an event and it's a regular event where you go to learn something that's why yeah. I love the entrepreneur circle the best kind of connections I made were actually in the bar the, pre, the night before <laughs> I built my business from going to the bar quite a lot because it's just having those kind of conversations and finding your people um, and that will change it's it's not having the fear of leaving some people behind that don't really fit anymore and going out and finding new groups it's a scary thing to do as an adult it's not something that yeah. we do very often you have kind of your friendship groups when you're younger and you're more confident comfortable going out and talking to random people like my three-year-old would just we'd go to the park and he sees somebody and then we go to leave the park and he's like but my new friend I made a friend <laughs> it's like you've spoken to you didn't even speak to him for a minute but we've made a friend you just seem to be much more kind of open to these things but my yeah friend, you you're my- right you're <laughs> right I think I think the thing is with kids they don't approach things with any judgment or any sort of preconceived notions do they it's just a person or a dog or uh, somebody that they can they can spend like five minutes with and I think it's that it's approaching these things with that so it's going into these go into an event even if it's a networking event without kind of any goal or pre-judgment of what you yeah. get from them which is a bit odd coming of coming from that perspective because you should really have goals for things and stuff but when it comes to just having conversations and connections with people you can't put like a box around that you just need to go to uh, many things as possible until you find your people and when you find them set up what I love we've got a little whatsapp message group um, going between the group of us now and people pop in and have a little chat and we make time to meet up with each other a couple of times a year and we do things like that and we do fun things now that aren't necessarily business related all the time like in the yeah. summer we went on the um the uh what was it the the restaurant that was floating in the sky and um what London it was like you got strapped in to a seat a bucket seat which did actually tip back a little bit I was not a fan of that and lifted a few feet in the in the sky in, in the center of London and had your dinner you served to you around a table I've seen that I didn't know there was one of those in London yeah they had it in the London in the summer yeah it oh was my great. god no. we had a lovely sunny day it was wonderful yeah can you imagine being up there there's lashing with rain <laughs> But the it's wind like, buffeting you. <laughs> and it's just doing fun things like that with a group of people that all have businesses and you just kind of yeah. find in that group of but it's I'm very lucky that I found a group of people that are so wonderful um, that I get to connect with like that. But um I say I hate the word lucky actually, because you know what, you just go out and you do it and you find people and you make connections. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So um 
what are the main so just sort of like switching it back to um sort of like branding and your what you do what what do you what's the main mistakes that you see people making when they're with their brand with um yeah with their brand what's the main mistakes you see trying to serve their customers first and it's a thing that most people fall into a trap of, especially beginning, because when you first start out in business, obviously you're, one of your main priorities and goals is to, you know, get some money in the bank because you've got bills to pay and stuff. And yeah. wrong with that. But it takes you down a bit of a slippery slope of thinking, saying yes to whatever your customer wants. Yeah. Um, and that is a huge issue when it comes to your brand, because you can end up building a brand based on what you think your customer wants from you. And that's, you know, you can't know what your customer wants from you. And even if you did figure out this great idea and built a brand around what at that time you thought that your customer wanted from you, that customer moves on, you grow, your business changes, and you have a whole new group of customers that you want to serve. And your brand is then all of a sudden really outdated because it was talking to a different kind of customer. So instead, and that's why I always teach my CTFO process, which starts with your core first, it's to really identify and understand and connect with who you are in your business and who the customers that you want to work with and just build a brand based on you first because as you kind of you might grow and change and your brand can grow and change with you because you have this intrinsic understanding of who you are as a business and a brand when you create it based on external factors you have no control over what those people are thinking or feeling and so you can end up with this just brand that just outgrows you really quickly yeah, uh, yeah, I think you're so right. Um, because also, um, I think a lot of the lot of the things that you get told are always, and, and you're not saying this, but it's like focus on the customer, focus on the customer, customer first, serve your customer. It's all about them, and it is. Yeah. But once you know who that customer is, who the customer not, is, and why you want to serve them. Yeah. Because I mean, there's plenty of, there's an infinite world of customers out there. There are people wanting to buy things from people all over the place. So finding a customer to buy something from you isn't really an issue if you don't really care what you're selling. But yeah. if you want to build a business, which is based on something that you love and that you want to sell what you want to sell in the way that you're selling it, then you need to connect with that first before you think about your customers. Yeah. Um, I have one of my little quotable phrases that I always say is it's all about you and absolutely nothing to do with you because your brand is all about you first. But then once you've understood that, then that's when you can start to focus on your customers and you can start to create your brand how your customers want. So it's, it is a bit of a complex process to work through, but there's steps to go through. And if you follow the kind of steps and you start with you first and you really understand who you are and why you want to build this business, your why first, um, then you can move on to the customer attracting side of creating your brand. But do you know what, above all of that, and as much as I absolutely believe everyone should really focus on creating this brand, if you are very much first starting out in business, then just let it grow because show up every day, talk in the way that you want to talk, connect with people, find those kind of trial and error, kiss a few frogs as it were in the business industry, decide who you like working with and who you don't like working with. You can't make those decisions. Yeah from starting at scratch. You have to have been out there trialing a few things before you really understand and get that real feeling and visceral connection to who you are as a business and what you want to create as a brand and who you want to serve. You can't yeah. really sit down on day one and make that up. I mean, you could, but it will change. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's interesting because when I first started, I mean, my business has evolved so much, but because actually when I first started um, having also 
Rat, not you. Your quitting of corporate life wasn't quite as random as mine, but um, you know, having just quit, I, I started down a path of something I thought I wanted to do, and actually, it wasn't the right thing, and I ended up back coming back to sort of marketing. But I initially was marketing and promoting myself under a company name, and I did that for about three years, and it got to the point where it just didn't feel it was it was just not right because I was I felt like I was trying to present myself as something much bigger than than me mm-hmm. and it didn't feel it didn't feel authentic to be honest and I don't want to use that word because I think it could be overused <laughs> buzzword but, of the century uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean but <clears throat> last year beginning of last year I can rebranded and started using my own name and uh, immediately it just felt so much better but when I first started out I just wasn't in the mindset that I could do that. Yeah. And so I think you're right. It's just like <laughs> go with it, but change it when you you know that you need to, if yeah. that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. And that's one thing that we are very fortunate to be in the kind of modern world of business that we are now. We're not carving our brands in stone. There's not even the need to choose Pantone colors and get things printed and then you're stuck with something because everything's so easily adaptable online now yeah. and your brand can grow and flex and change with you um, and of course you don't want to be changing your business name and your logo mark and your colors and everything you know all of those real frontward forward, yeah. uh, forward facing thing elements of your brand but those bits are just like the real tip of the iceberg as it were those are the top bits the external bits that people see and all of the internal work that's going on that evolves and changes and you can then seep those little bits into how you tweak and grow and change your brand it may be that when you start naturally changing kind of the colors that you're using because you've decided that when you first started out you, you were using bright colors because you were being really playful and attracting a, a typically like bright colors play for a lower um product pricing whereas uh, deeper colors attract a more affluent buyer and I always like look at look at Waitrose and Asda as your example there two green right, okay yeah kind of, if you think yeah and that just helps kind of symbolize that what I'm saying there so it may be that actually as your business grows and changes your brand colors get a little bit deeper and darker because you're changing who your customers are and that can be a real slight evolution in your brand so it doesn't have to be a big line in the sand we're changing everything because you don't want to confuse people by changing everything every couple of months yeah But then again, there's no hard and set rule if you have outgrown where you are in your brand and your business right now, and it is no longer a real true reflection of who you are and who you serve, then make the changes you need to make. Yeah. Do you find that people get distracted by the top elements, as you call them, the colors, the the logo and things like that, and don't really fully under... Because I, I mean, I hear it and see it and I'm not a designer, people say oh I need to get my brand designed and it's like no you need to get that's the graphical elements the representation do you find that people get distracted by that and don't do the 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 sort of like the the bigger understanding of what they really should be doing they do and they don't because they lead into each other so when people think that they need to update their brand they probably do need to update their brand and they need to do all of the internal work that means that you can update the external branding I like to kind of distinguish there slightly yeah brand and your branding it's like your yeah. branding elements are your graphical elements that you create but those are the bits that you see so those are the bits that you will focus on first because they're the things that actually when you change them they make the biggest impact and change 
in your mind and in the mind of your customers, because those are the things that we're seeing. And we don't necessarily look at somebody changing their colors and their fonts and go, oh, well, they must have changed their brand values and all of that stuff beneath. Yeah. Consciously, we know that they're now communicating a different message to us, but that's not how we work on that kind of surface level. So I don't think, I'm going to try and come back to what you actually asked there. I think that people don't get too, people do get distracted by the external elements but that's because those are the tangible things that you can hold on to to help yeah. you understand and communicate what you're doing underneath. And so when you know that something, all these external elements you've outgrown and you need to update your brand in and you focus on those things, the conversations that you should then be having with the designer that you choose to work with, and this is where kind of alarm bell should ring if they don't talk to you about what's going on underneath. They, those are the top level conversations. The designer's job is to then pull you into the kind of internal world of your brand Mm -hmm. and understand what your strategy is, what your goals are for your brand and your business and why you want to make these external changes. What is the deeper root here of why, what we're trying to change in your business? What is changing for you? And let's talk about that first. And then we can figure out what that should look like. Because actually design, as much as it's a bit of an artistic expression, people think of it as an art form. It's not, it's really quite scientific. When you look at things like color choices, font choices, things like that, psychology plays a huge role in the choices that you choose. Yeah. That all comes from understanding those kind of core values that you're trying to communicate. You want to communicate that you are a quite young, trendy, like hipster kind of business and you're funky and bright and colorful, then those are going to translate into particular font choices and color choices that you will present externally. If you're trying to present that you're like a real nautical heritage kind of company and you're steeped in a lot of history, then you're going to have a different set of colors and um, fonts and choices and design layouts and stuff because they're all going to be communicating in a kind of these different psychological way and it's going to connect with your perfect customer. It's all the story that you're planting in your perfect customer's heads um, and it's a visual story that you're, you're creating. Yeah, that's, yeah, you're so right. Okay, so is there like one, so only a couple more questions for you. So is there one, is there something that your program or service or, you know, what you do that did for a client that you weren't really expecting? Have you ever got kind of like a really unexpected result from something? Um, And you thought, thought, I you know like where did that come from or (laughs) or you thought oh my god that needs to be now part of what I do then because of the result I think going back um a few years ago um when I knew what I was doing and I knew it had this impact and change and I knew the kind of when you really use your design as a kind of marketing tool um, that you can make this kind of impact. I understood the psychology of all of the the effects that these things could have on our customers. But when I first started getting the feedback from my customers going back, you know, five, six, seven years ago about the actual change that they saw in their business, that was kind of my like, yes, I knew this, but now I can actually kind of evidentially back it up by kind of how it's worked. And there was one particular client of mine who really all we did, um, this is going back a long time ago, I don't just do these kind of small changes now, but we worked on her um, color palette. And all we actually needed to change in her business was the colors that she used on her website. And she came back to me literally almost as soon as we'd done these changes, within a week of making these changes to her website colors, saying that the level of the change in the kind of customer that she was attracting was incredible. She was getting a whole different type of customer come to her just because we changed the colors on her website. And so that made me kind of goosebumps go, yeah, I knew that in theory, 
And I believed that, but to have that come back now and be shown in like practical sense. Yeah. Great. I was like, wow, yes. And uh, so, yeah, that's what I've always kind of now try and teach these things as we go along, because it's these little, sometimes it's really small changes that you need to make to your brand that can have a really huge impact on how you connect with those perfect customers of yours. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go now and relook at everything, and I'm gonna go. Oh my God, do I need to change the color? No, I'm being. <laughs> um, cool. All right, I've got one last question for you, and it's really random. Okay. And I haven't pre-prepared this, so I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> no, the question's gonna get asked, and it's just for a bit of fun. What is your favorite word, and why? Ooh, okay. Do you know what I've actually managed to kind of pre. Um, help myself in this section because I'm just running through, as we mentioned, I'm going through kind of a bit of a launch thing at the moment. I'm running a free group um, and we're in our pre-event kind of thing this All week. Right. One of the questions that I asked for fun, but it's actually a really sneaky strategic question because this question actually helps lead into your um, brand values and things. So in the program, anyway, that's yeah. the word would be. So I've already answered this word in my group this week. Oh, really? My word, my favorite word is disobedient. I love word. I absolutely love that word because it's playful in the sound of it. And it means, you know, like bucking trends and not listening to authority and listening to yourself instead. So the way I interpret that word is in a really positive way. And that's what I like because some people, most people, I assume, actually, I'm making assumptions here, but when people would hear the word disobedient, you'd assume it's kind of like a negative word. But I actually see it as a positive word that rather than like, I'm not just saying, no, I'm not listening to your rules. I'm making my own rules. I'm a rule maker. That's how I see being disobedient. So it's a playful kind of disobedient. I like to call myself a disobedient internet entrepreneur. <laughs> I love that. That is such a good answer. And I think you're right. I think you do need to see some of these, what potentially are negative words in a more positive way. Well, I think just by your very nature, I think by our very nature of not being in the corporate like world and doing the traditional thing, you'd, I feel like we're all a little bit disobedient. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I think we all need to stand into our um, levels of disobedience in our business and create our brands based on what is that disobedient factor? I want you to think about that. Everyone that's listening, think about what's your disobedient factor in your business and use that to anchor into kind of your brand message. Cause that's going to be one of the quickest ways that you can get your personality into your brand. Oh my God. So that's, that's just awesome to finish on. And also how n- not at all knowing that you would ask that question this week. <laughs> yeah, in your group. yeah. No idea that you'd ask that. So you were so prepared. Yeah, was, I was so prepared. <laughs> I thought you were going to go, Ooh, I don't know. Uh, but you were like, I know it. Bang. There we go. Brilliant. I think that's a good place to end actually, Dee. So thank you so much. Um, I, uh, I guess my one thing to end on is, comedians in cars getting coffee <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love that show oh it's amazing <laughs> it's the best i love it so when i saw your email this week i was like oh my god it's not just me that it's watches it watches it it's the best show oh yes. i love it it's so good so top tips be disobedient and watch go watch on netflix yeah comedians in cars getting coffee yeah, that's our top tips to go away with. I mean, obviously, don't go and binge watch it when you're supposed to be working. But there you go. <laughs> but if you read my email, you'd see that actually watching that show is a real kind of 
uh, way of showing how you can create a business doing whatever it is you love, no matter what it is, you can build yeah. your business and your brand. So you can watch some of it and say that you're doing your brand research. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I did read your email, which is why I know about it. And uh, I was like, yes, she's so right. So uh, brilliant. Okay. I hope you enjoyed that episode of um, Business is Good with Dee. She's just a fantastic person to talk to and thoroughly enjoyed our um, our chat together. I hope you got some good tips from her in terms of how to go about um, developing the brand for your business. Uh, do check her out and, um, and yeah, see you again next time. Tune in next week where I have more inspirational stories talking about moving your business beyond what it is and moving it more towards what you're in business for, what's important and doing good and changing the way things should be done.